You're listening to Latter-day Heart to Heart, a podcast where we discuss some of our favorite conference talks and apply them to our daily lives. I am Maddie, the mom. And I'm the daughter, Rochelle. Today, we will discuss Waiting on the Lord, a talk given by Jeffrey R. Holland during the October 2020 conference. Welcome back to Latter-day Heart to Heart. We are so happy to have you guys here with us today. Thanks to all of you for being so supportive. We have really seen an influx of followers on our Facebook page this past week. And for that, we are thanks to you. (laughs) If you want to know how you can support us more, please follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Latter-day Heart to Heart. Do it. You won't regret it. And also, you can support us by leaving us a review, um, but hopefully it's going to be a good one. (laughs) Wherever you listen to your podcast, and be sure to tell those you know who you think would love this podcast about us. Yeah, so listen, that was a really cool intro music, Rochelle. Oh, thanks. That was really good. (laughs) Thank you, thank you. Made me want to dance. Yeah. Um, So how are you, Rochelle? I'm doing good. How are you? I am doing great. I'm a little scared, though. Why? Because I am getting my second second vaccine on Thursday, and I don't like getting shots. Mm. Yeah, and I heard that the second one's a doozy. I know. I'm getting the Pfizer one, so hopefully that'll be okay. Well, I'm scared, too, because I just got the Johnson & Johnson vaccine on Saturday, and now they've taken it off the market for a little bit, and I'm freaking out because I didn't even want to get it. I was, like, debating, like, I was in the line, and I was like, no, I don't want to get it. And then I was like, well, I'm already here. I might as well get it. And then that came out, and I'm scared. (laughs) So. Yeah, I know. It's going to scare you. But, you know, they do have to take it out if something happens, but I'm sure it's going to come back. It's such a small percentage, but you'll be okay. I mean, let's just be clear. You are going to get the vaccine. It's just that now you're scared that you got the Johnson & Johnson one. I don't know. Maybe I wouldn't have gotten any of them because they all have stuff. (laughs) I know. It's kind of scary. Well, I want to see my grandkids, so I got it. Uh, Okay. I haven't grown a third third leg or a third arm or anything like that. Not yet. (laughs) Not yet. So we'll see what happens. So anyway, let's share something about ourselves. Okay. So let's do, I'll ask you first. What do you do during the day, Rochelle? Oh, like my day job? Yes. What do you do as a job besides being a mom, a wife, a cat owner, first grader, first grader mom doing first grade homework with your daughter? What else do you do? Tell us. (laughs) Um, So I'm a content writer and an editor. Um, So I do content writing for a marketing company. And then I do, oh, sorry, I do content editing for a marketing company. And I do copywriting for a um, tutoring program that teaches little kids how to read. That's fun. So mm-hmm. what specifically do you do? I write stories. <laughs> this is so good. She yep. writes stories. Mm-hmm. And then at Tell the me. other job, I critique other people's writing, which is how you make 
things that people thought you were your weakness, like Rochelle, you're too critical. And I'm like, uh, yeah, I am. I'm going to make it my job. Thank you very much. (laughs) (laughs) Not only am I critical, but I get paid for it. So (laughs) you go. It's like a a win-win situation. Exactly. Get paid, get paid for your weaknesses, people. Just kidding. Get paid for your weaknesses. She makes out on that one. What about you? I think we've talked about it a little bit, but go into it a little bit more. So I actually work for the last 23 years. I work in elementary school. Mm -hmm. So I am a teaching assistant for where I work. And I have worked pretty much every grade level. I don't think I have worked third grade yet. So our school goes from kindergarten, well, it goes from preschool to uh, fifth grade. Never worked preschool. I think that they're adorable though, but I think they're too needy. So <laughs> so I had worked kindergarten, which was a hoot, but they're also very challenging sometimes. Everybody wants their shoes tie. Um, I had worked first grade, second grade, fourth grade and fifth grade. And let me tell you, fourth grade and fifth grade math, it's hard. Yeah. Common core is weird. The same way. Yeah. But actually, I'm, you have taught preschool because you used to assist me in the summers when I was teaching preschool. So the only one that you need to check off your bucket list is third grade. You got to make that happen. Third grade. Before you yeah, retire. I did, I, did fifth, I did fifth grade last year. And yeah, when it got to fractions and things like that, I was a little complicated. You were like, uh, uh I got to go to the bathroom for like, when is this going to be over? <laughs> <laughs> the teacher's gone. Yeah. <laughs> So yeah, but I love it. I love teaching the kids. I love being with kids. I mean, where else are you going to get paid to dress up for Halloween, Valentine's Day? Spirit Weeks. I love it. I love it. And come on, kids are the best. Yeah, you have the energy for it too. I don't even have enough energy for the two kids that I have. And you have to have like 27, 30 kids in your class sometimes. (laughs) They're like 20 something right now. They're closer. I think they're 25, 25 right now. But yeah, yeah, we're all together and they all, they all follow me and I feel like mama duck. So yeah, it's, they're cute though. They're cute kids. They're very good. They have it. They get my jokes. <laughs> <laughs> so as we mentioned in our intro, we'll be discussing a powerful talk by Jeffrey R. Holland titled Waiting on the Lord, which is kind of funny, isn't it? I love, I, I love that title. Yeah. Well, you, really don't, awesome. you don't think about ourselves waiting on the Lord, but what does that mean? All yeah, right. Let's so find out. For the delay, <laughs> should we just go ahead and start, Rochelle? Yep, let's do it. Okay, so as much as we'd love to hang out with you for hours and hours on end discussing every powerful quote in this talk, and seriously, we could do that with this talk. Um, we are each going to share our two favorite quotes and just discuss them a little bit. This talk focuses on trusting God in good times and bad, even if that includes some suffering along the way. So, Mom, what was one of your favorite quotes from this talk? Yeah, I don't like it when you call me and tell me, okay, we're going to talk about this talk, and you only have to choose two favorite quotes. I know. He's like, come on, it's at the Holy Inn. <laughs> I choose all of it. Can I just make one big paragraph to be my favorite quote? Uh, no. <laughs> no. Okay. Well, I'll, I chose one that is called, it's, it's kind of like mid, kind of like in the middle of the talk. And he says, he says, the point, the point is that faith means trusting God in good times and bad. 
even if that includes some suffering until we see his arm revealed in our behalf. That can be difficult in our modern world when we, when I'm sorry, when many have come to believe that the highest good in life is to avoid all suffering, that no one should ever anguish over anything, but that belief will never lead us to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. Did you like that? Love it. I love it. I know it's kind of like, you know, uh, we it's so hard sometimes because, you know, we know that we can trust God. We know that we know that we should trust God. We know all of this, but sometimes when we're going through that, the sorrow and the grief and the pain, you know, like you just go like, oh, am I going to get out of this? You know, yeah. is someone there with me? Is somebody is somebody holding me or someone holding my hand? And, and, you know, it just I just like it because it says that, you know, we should believe that the Lord is always with us, mm-hmm. that Christ, that Christ is going to be with us. And it's just so hard when you're going through difficult times. I mean, this has that happened to you when you're going through a difficult time and you just feel like you're alone and you know that you have to have the faith to trust, but you just, it's hard. Yeah. Um, yeah. So one of the reasons why we are discussing this talk is because I actually taught this, uh, taught this about this talk in Relief Society on Sunday. And when we covered this quote, um, I shared something that I wasn't sure if I was going to share, but I ended up sharing it. And it was actually, it actually helped a lot of people. I had a couple of texts afterwards um, from ladies. And uh, basically I just shared an experience that I had when we were in the process of trying to have our son Vance. I suffered several miscarriages, which can be a very lonely experience. Um, Mm -hmm. Because we just don't talk about it very much. Um, I think maybe it's too sad to talk about or people just don't want to hear about it. I don't know. Um, but I, not that I am happy that I'm part of that club, but I do think that through that experience and that trial, I relied on Christ in a way that I never had before. Um, I had always used the atonement to repent, but I don't think I had ever really used it um, as a comforting resource. Um, and so I was able to exercise that and see how that works. Um, and I have to say that even though there were several ladies who shared their experience with me and I I really appreciate their vulnerability and willingness to share their story with me, I feel like the only time that I ever felt some semblance of peace and like hope was when, um, when I was either getting a priesthood blessing or I was leaning on the savior. So, yeah. Which are both leaning on the savior because you're getting a priesthood blessing. Yeah. You know, and yeah, that was a, that was a very sad time in all of our lives because he affected you, affected Brian and affected us as well, the people that love you. So, Mm -hmm. but then we got Vance and he's so cute. Yeah. He's currently running around upstairs, slamming doors. So if you hear something in the background, that's him. <laughs> We're right. so glad he's here. I know. No door is left open when Vance is in charge. All right. So, Rochelle, what was your favorite quote, the number one? Okay. Um. Well, one of my favorite quotes. I can't put them in order. Um, so, at the very beginning of the talk, he talks about, about some questions that we might ask ourselves. Um, and he always does such a good job with his imagery and his language, probably because he's like an English uh, professor. He's 
did like a really great job. Um, and it says, how long do we wait for relief from hardships that come upon us? What about enduring personal trials while we wait and wait and help seems so slow in coming? Why the delay when burdens seem more than we can bear? And then he quotes um, Joseph Smith when he was in Liberty Jail. And he quotes him and he says, quote, Oh God, where art thou? And where is the pavilion that covereth thy hiding place? How long shall thy hand be stayed? How long, O oh Lord, how long? So we are not the first, nor will we be the last to ask such questions when sorrows bear down on us or an ache in our heart goes on and on. Um, and then he continues to talk about how he's not just talking about the pandemic that we're currently facing. It could be a challenge like um, wanting to be married and you aren't or being in a marriage that isn't um, what you hoped it would be. Um, it could be a job that you hate, a medical condition that has no cure. Um, maybe you have a child who has a genetic defect or you have a child who's making choices or just a loved one. It doesn't even have to be a child, but a loved one who's making choices that's causing them to suffer and that's causing you pain as well. Um, and then he says, I speak of the poor whom the Savior told us never to forget, and I speak of you waiting for a child to return. Um, so, yeah, I just really like that because he kind of just says that, like, any problem that you might ever have, you can rely on the Lord for that. Um, one of the questions that I asked the lady, so I'll ask you, Mom, is what do you think the purpose of trials and opposition in life are? Oh, my goodness. So I can, you know... I don't like trials. <laughs> I don't think that no one goes, oh, our trials are so exciting. Mm -hmm. I look forward to it. Bring the next one. You know, I don't like them. But um, and sometimes when you're going through them, you know that you're supposed to learn something from them. But you just don't really want to go through. It. I mean, who likes pain? Nobody likes pain. Nobody likes suffering. Everybody mm -hmm. wants to be happy. And but trials teach you patience and patience in your time and in the Lord's time. Yeah. So, you know, um, that doesn't mean that we like it. That doesn't mean that we enjoy it. But patience is so important. And trials make us stronger. Like, we don't know how strong. I mean, like, you didn't know how strong you were when you were going through the painful of, of uh, losing miscarriages. Kids, yeah. And, you know, but you did it. And now you can help other women that go yeah. through them. You know, because you really, like, I can tell somebody... I don't really understand what it is going through a miscarriage. Mm -hmm. I don't really understand that, but you do Like you can, you can have so much empathy. Yeah. So maybe we get trials in our life to help others. Maybe we get trials in our life to help ourselves. Maybe we get trials in our life because we need our marriage to be stronger. Yeah. Maybe we get trials in your life because your children would experience something similar later on in their lives. We don't yeah. know why we have trials, but I know that trials makes us better and if we do it in the right way it will bring us closer to our heavenly father yeah you know that trust and relationship because i know you know when a baby gets hurt you know when vance gets hurt mm -hmm. he comes running to you because he wants comfort and yeah. that's exactly what heavenly father wants from us yeah you know he wants us to turn to him and ask him for help because he's always there for us yeah you know and he suffers when we suffer and that reminds me of a i asked that question to the ladies and um i'm not going to say this lady's name because i didn't ask her permission to share it but she basically just told us that when she was 
in her early 20s and married and had like one or two kids. She, her husband was like in between jobs and his first paycheck like bounced or something. And so she had to rely on the Bishop's Storehouse to get food. And if you don't know what the Bishop's Storehouse is, it's kind of like a welfare program in within the church to help members or non-members, people in the neighborhood and community when they need food. Um, and so she remembers going to go get a form because you had to fill out a form of the food that you wanted and you had to make sure that you qualify and all these things. And she said that she remembered feeling so humiliated filling that form out. She just felt like everybody was going to know. She just had all these horrible feelings and she said that she like was tearing up the whole time she was filling out the form and she just remembered being like this really sucks I hate this she said fast forward 30 40 years later she was a Relief Society president and a young mother came up to her and asked her if she could fill out a form and she said immediately when she gave her the form she recognized the look in the lady's eyes and she was so grateful that she had gone through that trial um, so that she could have empathy and know. She said, she was like, hey, I know that this can be kind of embarrassing, but don't be embarrassed. I've had to do it before. It's going to get better. And she said that she's so grateful now that she had that experience because she was able to comfort her in a way that nobody else could have. And you know, and you never know. I mean, it could be years. I mean, it could mm-hmm. be 40 years, 30 years. Or maybe two. you'll never know the reason you why. But, you know, it's trials makes you better. Mm-hmm. You just grow so much from trials. And I know that it's very difficult to understand, but they make you better. And they're a necessity. They're a necessity mm-hmm. for our spiritual growth. So, um, and it's kind of the only thing that we all have in common, like, Nobody has a trial-free life. Everybody goes through something. So it, it's kind of something that connects us in a way. We might have a different trial than somebody else, but we've all gone through something hard and crappy. <laughs> and the best part about that is that people that have gone through trials, sometimes similar as with the ones that you have, mm-hmm. they have empathy and they have love and they have the more support that you need. Yeah. So we need to be open to other people and to share our experiences with others because that's what helped us grow. All right, mom, what's your second favorite quote? So my second favorite quote is right below the one that was my first quote. <laughs> <laughs> so it talks about um, a quote that Elder Neil X. Maxwell gave, and he's just saying, you know, he's just going to modify it a little. Elder Holland said, I'm going to modify it a little. So he's, he, he, the quote starts, One's life cannot be both faith-filled and stress-free. Isn't that true? Yeah. (laughs) I simply, it simply will not work. Oh, can you pause for one second though? Because I was going to say, a lot of people think that if they are faith-filled, they will be stress-free. And I think that a lot of people put a lot of pressure on themselves and they're like, well, bad things are happening to me. I must be doing something wrong. Yes. I must not have enough faith. I must not be strong enough or there must be something wrong with me. That is not true. It doesn't matter how much faith you have. You are still going to have problems. Like we are not back in the days of the Pharisees when they were like, oh, your child is is blind. That must be because you're a sinner. Like you don't have bad things happen to you because you don't have enough faith. So sometimes the most faithful people are the ones that have the hardest trials. Yeah. 
I just wanted to say that in case anybody out there was feeling like they didn't have enough faith and that's why all these terrible things are happening to them. That is not true. So, sorry. You can go ahead. No, that's okay. Because I, because right now in my mind is going the, like the lemon quote, you know, the lemons. It simply would not work. No, blind, naively. Oh, naively. <laughs> I can say that word. I'm naively. Thank <laughs> you through life. Saying as we sip another glass of lemonade. Lord, give me all thy choices, virtues, but be certain not to give me grief, nor sorrow, nor pain, nor opposition. Please do not let anyone dislike me or betray me, or, and above all, do not ever let me feel forsaken by thee or those I love. In fact, Lord, be careful to keep me from all these experiences that may be divine, and then when the rough sledding by everyone else is over, please let me come and dwell with thee, where I can boast about how similar our strength and our, char our characters are as I float alone in my cloud of comfortable Christianity. So, yeah, I mean, we can pray, you know, but we're still going to have trials. Mm -hmm. We're still going to be like, you know, he's not, he's just saying, you know, don't pray about don't give me grief. Don't give me Sarah. Don't give me pain. Yeah. Not Your life is not a buffet table and you can't just take all the cookies and brownies. You got to get a yeah. little bit of the Brussels sprouts too. I know. <laughs> okay, mom. And then right after where you stopped, it's probably like the most memorable part of this talk. Do you want to say it? Oh yeah. I have a lot of stars next to that part. <laughs> Christianity is comforting, but it is often not comfortable. Boom. Mic drop. Mic drop, mic drop. And then he continues to say the path of to holiness and happiness here and hereafter is a long and sometimes rocky one. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I mean, it's it's just not, you know, again, you know, you, you're walking in a path, you know, you're walking on a, on a, on a, on a, on a trail, on a hike, mm -hmm. and then all of a sudden there's that slippery part where there's <laughs> nothing to hang on to, and you're like shaking, especially me who was afraid of heights. Yeah. But you still have to go on because it just happens. And, you know, it's not comfortable. It's not comfortable when we do it. And we feel so good when we face it yeah. and when we go through it and we are successful. When we don't give up, it just makes you feel so well, I'm really glad that he included that part, like the part where he was saying like a pretend prayer, um, because I feel like I can definitely relate to that prayer. I feel like we all have been deeply hurt. We've all felt forgotten or neglected or bullied or betrayed by somebody that we thought would never betray us. We've all felt used, but so has the Savior. And honestly, all of the best who have ever lived, it is an essential part of our journey to greatness. It is. And you know how many people feel right now in so much pain and sorrow mm -hmm. because of trials in their lives? Yeah. And it's just nice to know that the Savior has our back. Yeah. He will carry us and he will help us. All that we have to do is ask go in a sincere prayer by yourself, you know, and it could be in the car. If the family's run all over the house, it can be in the bathroom. If the family It can be in your closet. Be in your closet. Where I am right now. <laughs> in Rochelle's closet. Hiding from my children. 
you know, and just and just that personal, personal, personal conversation with Heavenly Father. And, okay, you know. So I had a thought while you were saying that. You know how I asked you earlier, what do you think the purpose of opposition in life is? Um, I was just thinking as you were making your comment, I think that the main reason we go through trials is to become more Christ-like, right? Like, Because that's what Christ did in the Garden of Gethsemane. He experienced every pain that anybody in the world was ever going to experience And he experienced that pain so that way when we come to him with our problems X, Y, and Z, he will know how to comfort us in a way that no one else can. Just like I can comfort somebody who had a miscarriage in a way that somebody who has not had a miscarriage can do. And the way that you can um, relate to somebody who is going through like a medical condition that took several years to figure out and then you feel the joy of when it's finally figured out you can help them through that in a way that nobody else could that's what he can do for us I was just thinking I was just putting that together right now (laughs) he says that later on on the talk oh does it he says that by the grace of God, the blessings will come to those who hold fast to the gospel of Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. That issue was settled in a very private garden, which you were talking about, Garden of Gethsemane, mm-hmm. and on a very public hill in Jerusalem long ago. Yeah. The atonement of Jesus Christ will heal us, will bless us. Yeah. You know, and, and he suffered all of that for us. He suffered every little thing for us. And that was his atoning sacrifice. So, yeah, I love how he put it in a very private garden and a very public hill. Yeah. You know, it was, yeah. So, yeah. And if you're feeling down, if you are feeling betrayed or forgotten or neglected, like, lean on Christ because he has experienced all those things. I was listening to Don't Miss This the other day with David Butler and Emily Bell Freeman. And they were talking about how Christ was born rejected. Mm-hmm. He, his mom, Mary and Joseph were trying to find an inn for him to stay in and everybody was turning him away. He was born rejected. He lived rejected and he died rejected. So if you're feeling any of those yucky feelings that are not pleasant, turn to him because he went through all of those feelings. He knows exactly how you feel. And you know, the good thing is that Heavenly Father gives us friendships mm-hmm. um, that can help us as well. He gives us relationships. He gives you friendships and he gives us um, spiritual guidance and and we can rely on those things. And please don't feel alone. I mean, if you can think of any way we can help you, please reach out to us as well. Yeah. We just, we love, we love, we, 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 we love everybody. Yeah. (laughs) We want to help everybody. And we don't want anybody to feel alone. So, and that's another thing is once you start talking about what you're going through, there will be people placed into your life who that like God has placed in your life to help you with that. Because I remember when I was having my miscarriages, I didn't want to talk to anybody about it. But every single time that I did talk to somebody about it, they were like, oh, I've had one too. And then that helped me to not feel so alone. Like I was talking to this one lady and I was like, And actually, I actually didn't even bring it up. It was the day after I had my second miscarriage. I had been hoping that the first one was a fluke. And then I had my second one. And I was like, oh, man, this, like, might be an issue. Um, And she came over and dropped her kid over to play. 
And she actually just like brought it up randomly. And I was just like, oh, I'm actually going through that too. And she was like, oh. And so then that just helped me to not feel alone. And also after having her miscarriage, she had like three or four more children. (laughs) So I was like, it's going to be okay. It happens to a lot of people. Yes, that is so true. Well, we never discussed your second one that you like. Okay, let me find it. Um, I think I know which one it is, and I think it's beautiful. Okay, so he says, There will be times in our lives when even our best spiritual effort and earnest pleading prayers do not yield the victories for which we have yearned, whether that be regarding the large global matters or the small personal ones. So while we work and wait together for the answers to some of our prayers, I offer you my apostolic promise that they are heard and they are answered, though perhaps not at the time or in the way we want, but they are always answered at the time and in the way an omniscient and eternal, eternally compassionate parent should answer them. I know. That's beautiful. Doesn't that remind you of that song that Garth Brooks sang? I don't listen to country Sometimes music. I thank so. God for unanswered prayers. I vaguely remember that song, but sure. I love that song because, you know, like he says, sometimes they don't answer the way that we want to. Sometimes they don't answer the speed that we want to, but they're always heard mm-hmm. and they're always answered. Yeah. In a way, in one way or another. So have you I, ever had a trial um, only to look back and realize that it made you like a better person that you want to share? Oh, man, you want to ask me this question. I'm trying to think. I know. I'm putting you on the um, spot. I think parenthood was kind of hard. <laughs> I was so easy, but with your second one, I definitely agree. <laughs> That's not true. <laughs> no, I think, um, I'm trying to think. I think that one of our hardest trials was when your father and I decided to move from Utah, where we have family, to come to, um, you guys were little, like you were like four years old or something like that. You were just about to turn four years old and Anthony was two. Mm -hmm. And we decided to move here to upstate because your father was gonna go to Syracuse University. Um, I remember that we had so many financial trials, like everybody does when they're going to school. Yeah. You know, they have a family. We have so many financial trials. We have so many. I mean, we have to like, um, I mean, we had to do so many things. We have to, I mean, I think that we only made like less than $10,000 that year. Wow. With a family of four. And it was hard. And But I learned a lot. You learn about budgeting. You learn about relying on each other. You learn about that life is not about going out all the time to have fun. We have to be creative because your father and I were still dating too, you know? Yeah. American life <laughs> yeah so you just realize that there's so many ways so and then and then you know we live now in a ward and that's the church that we go to that is very transitory so we have other other girls that are going through the same thing and you just like you know you just help them you come creative mm-hmm. you become very creative about the things that you do so I remember that I remember just thinking about ways that I could keep my family entertained and survive yeah Well, Elder Holland closes his talk by saying, um, 
May we remember, as Russell M. Nelson has demonstrated all of his life, that those who, quote, wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength and shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint, end quote. He continues, he says, I pray that by and by, soon or late, those blessings will come to every one of you who seeks relief from your sorrow and freedom from your grief. I bear witness of God's love and of the restoration of his glorious gospel, which is in one way or another the answer to every issue we will face in life. I know. It's kind of diligence and patience. Yeah. Do you have any closing remarks, like any final thoughts before we wrap up? No, I just think that sometimes we can think the answers ourselves and sometimes we need to pray the answers, mm-hmm. pray for answers, you know, and, and I, that's difficult. It is very difficult and everybody goes through it. We have to remember when we go through trials that we are not the only person in the world and we will not be the last. So kind of like my final thoughts on the talk are just that hmm, trials of any type are difficult. They're exhausting. They can seem unfair and never ending. But I believe wholeheartedly that it is possible to also experience feelings of peace, well-being, renewal, when we turn to the gospel and when we turn to Christ. He suffered every pain and affliction imaginable in the Garden of Gethsemane so that when we do turn to him during our times of grief and sorrow, he would know precisely how to help us. I love the powerful way that Elder Holland describes Heavenly Father when he says in the talk, let me find the quote, he says, uh, quote, he who never sleeps nor slumbers cares for the happiness and ultimate exaltation of his children above all else, end quote. When we worship God and Christ, we are trusting in them, and it gives me so much peace to know that they are in charge and that they have our best interests at heart we know it's beautiful well i'm so glad that you chose this talk i didn't really choose it but i <laughs> i mean i just had to teach about it last week so <laughs> i was like be- it's a beautiful 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 talk i, I mean elder holland is amazing elder holland always does such a good job thank you you guys so much for joining us this week i had so much fun discussing this talk with you all and with you rochelle me too um if you aren't already please follow us on facebook and instagram at latterday heart to heart we issue a challenge or a question every week and (laughs) and this week's challenge is for you to think about a trial in your life that you're currently experiencing Try to fast forward yourself, kind of like go out of body a little bit and look back as if the trial you're experiencing right now is happening in the past and think about how that trial has the ability to make you stronger, wiser, and better. And then let us know if you do it. I know. The trial, you're thinking about just the now, not the future. Yeah. I'm going to think about 
May 10th when I'll finally be in the clear from the Johnson oh, and Johnson vaccine. Johnson, I know. I know. Well, my trial, I think it is not being able to see my grandkids and I can't wait for this summer to do so. Yeah, it's going to be fun. Hard. I want to hug them and kiss them. <laughs> so, but anyway, I love it. Thank you so much, Rashawn. Thanks so much, everybody. We'll see you later. Adios. Yep. We'll see you next Thursday when we'll discuss another incredible conference talk.